Thanks for checking out the Anchor Faith Message Podcast from St. Augustine, Florida. Now enjoy this message. Hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. You can be seated. Praise God. Amen. Bonnie and I are excited to be here with you. Hallelujah. We had actually planned on just not doing anything after Thanksgiving, and Pastor Earl gave me a call and threatened me if I didn't come, praise God, but, uh, <clears throat> but we're, we're excited to be here with you, praise God, and excited about what God is doing here at Anchor Faith, amen? amen. Glory to God. Well, we're going to set ourselves in agreement. We're going to minister a few messages to you that's going to help you in your faith. Anybody want their faith to be strengthened? Praise God. Well, right now, just say this after me. Lord Jesus, I confess you are my Lord. You are the living word. And you've given unto me the written word that I might know you. This night, I set my faith to receive the word as the truth that will set me free. I set myself to be good ground to hear the word, to receive the word, and to be a doer of the word. And I thank you, Lord, for confirming your word and producing fruit in my life. And for these things, I give you all the praise. Amen. Amen. Praise God. You can turn with me, if you will, to Hebrews chapter 11. And we're going to read verse 1 here. And I want to minister to you on the lines of faith and hope and minister to your faith. You know, it's so important that we learn how to live by faith. And somebody said, why is that so important? Well, you know, the Bible teaches us in Hebrews 1, 3, that, that we have been blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And, and somebody says, but those are spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Yeah, well, he went on in the second chapter in verse 6 and said he raised us up and seated us in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Amen. So we are positionally, spiritually seated where the blessings are. Amen. And then in Colossians 1.12, Paul writing to the church of Colossians, he said, giving thanks unto the Father who has qualified us and made us able to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. Glory to God. That's good news, isn't it? Amen. So, so God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. Somebody says, well, those are spiritual blessings. Do you know that healing is a spiritual blessing? Everything that starts with God is spiritual first and natural second. Amen. Because God works from the inside out. The world will attack you from the outside in, but God always works from the spirit out. Even Paul writing to the Thessalonians, he said, May God sanctify you wholly, spirit, soul, and body. Notice he started on the inside and worked his way out. Most people say body, soul, and spirit. But you see, you've got to become spirit conscious. Amen? You've got to realize that you're a spirit being created in the image of God, a new creation in Christ Jesus, and that now you're to live by the Spirit and walk in the Spirit. Amen? But also we find in the, in the Scriptures, in Ephesians 2, he says that we now have our citizenship with the saints in the household of God. In other words, our citizenship is in the kingdom of God. Amen? Amen. And all these spiritual blessings are in the kingdom of God. Amen? And Jesus is the king over the kingdom. He's Lord over all these things. And we're seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so we're seated under his lordship so that we have access to all these things that we need in our life. Amen? Amen. But you see, once you get born again, you get filled with the Spirit, you get into the kingdom of God, now you're setting yourself and you're learning. you got to understand, in the kingdom of God, there is a currency just like there is a currency in the natural realm. And the currency of the kingdom of God is faith. Amen. Everything operates in the kingdom of God through faith. Hallelujah. That's why the Lord Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty two 22, said, have faith in God or have the God kind of faith. You have to have faith, amen. We, we're going to look here in Hebrews 11, 1. I haven't left my subject. I'm just working up to it. Hallelujah. 
But you know, he said in Hebrews eleven six, but without faith, it's impossible to please him, him being God. For he that comes to God must believe that he is, and that is a rewarder them that diligently seek him. You know what that means? That means I've got to believe that God is who he says he is. God will do what he said he will do. And that if I come to him in faith, God will do for me what he said he would do for me. He will reward my faith. Just like if you go to the grocery store and they ring up a certain amount. And, and you know, of course, we'll use a car, but it represents cash. It represents money. Amen. And if it's $100, the moment you give them the $100, a transaction is made, and therefore you get to take the goods home with you, and they keep your money. Amen? Well, when we go to God, the way we make the transi- transaction between God and his healing and, and, and my health, praise God, is I release my faith. God receives my faith and gives me his healing. Are you hearing me? So I go to God believing he is my rewarder and that he will supply all my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus based on Colossians chapter 4. And therefore I go to God in faith believing he'll meet my needs and God receives my faith and then releases the provision into my life. Amen. And that's how we operate in the kingdom of God. We have to live by faith. In fact, in Galatians 3.11, the apostle Paul writing to the church over there said, the just shall live by faith. So faith isn't just something I do on Sunday. It's not just something I do whenever I have a need. Faith is a lifestyle. Faith is me walking in a, in a, in a lifestyle that says, I believe God is. I believe God is for me. I believe God is going to take care of me. And I have total trust in God that he's going to get me through this situation. Amen. I get up in faith. I go to bed in faith. Hallelujah. Are you hearing me? I mean, we ought to walk in faith to the point that we blink our eyes in faith. Hallelujah. Everything about us has a, a, has, a, has a place of faith in it because we're doing it understanding that I'm walking under the covering of the Lord Jesus Christ and I'm walking under the anointing of Almighty God and I'm walking in the kingdom of God and I've been delivered from the power of an authority of darkness and now I belong to God. Jesus is my Lord and my citizenship is in heaven and God has qualified me to be a partaker of his inheritance and I can do it but how I'm going to partake of that inheritance is I have to use my faith. And somebody says, well, if I'm qualified, why do I have to use my faith? What if I came up to you and I said, okay, here is a card and there's $100 on this card and, and what, we, what we've done is this. We've told the people down here at this place that we have secured this card for you. You can go in there and you can get things up to $100. Just hand them this card and they'll give it to you. That card qualifies you to walk into that place because they've already been told when they see the card, give you what you came for. Amen? Amen. Now, here's the thing. You can sit at home all day long and say, glory to God, this card qualifies me to go down to the store and get my needs met. And you can sit there and starve to death with the card in your hand. Because if you don't use the card... It don't matter how much it qualifies you to get, you ain't never going to get it, are you? So that's why we have to live by faith. We have to act on our faith. We have to learn how to transact between my faith and the situation I need. And then when we go into that situation, we go into it knowing that Jesus has already paid the price and qualified me to have that. So I don't have to earn it. I don't have to go in there and be good enough to get it. I just have to make sure that I've got myself in a position of faith where I can trust God and believe God and walk this thing out. Amen. And thus we get to Hebrews 11.1. 1. And he says this, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Hope and faith are two spiritual forces that work together to bring forth God's will. Did you hear me? Hope and faith work together. There's two spiritual forces that work together to bring forth God's will in our life. You can't have faith without hope. You cannot bypass hope to get to faith to try to believe God and get what you want to have. Because everything you're going to get from God starts with hope. Are you listening to me? Now, I'm not talking about worldly hope. I'm just a hoping and a praying. If that's all you're doing, you need to get somebody else to, to use their faith for you because you ain't going to make it, okay? 
No, we're talking about biblical hope. And, and Bible hope is, the word hope can be translated, joyful, confident expectations. Now, faith is the substance of the things that you are joyfully, confidently expecting God to do for you. Amen? Joyful, confident expectations. In other words, hope isn't just sitting there wringing your hands. And going, oh, oh, oh. No, hope is you, you, you just joy. Now, you've got to understand something. When he says joyful, that doesn't mean happy, happy. That means a spiritual force down on the inside of you that no matter what it looks like on the natural, on the inside, you choose to walk in the fruit of the spirit of joy, and you're counting it all joy, and you're having a good attitude about it no matter what it looks like. Joyful, confident expectations. I don't care what the devil is saying. I don't care what other people are saying. I don't care what the circumstances are saying. I have a confident expectation in my God to do this for me. Amen? Amen. Now, what is faith? Let's give a definition of faith. Faith is belief. Faith is a conviction. Faith is assurance. And faith is a firm persuasion. Hallelujah. Now, faith is a belief that God will do for you what he said he would do. Now, faith is a conviction that you have that God is going to come through for you. Now, faith is the assurance. Don't see anything out here, but I'm assured in my heart that God is going to come through for me. Faith is a firm persuasion. I am fully persuaded that what God said, God is going to do. Amen? But you see, faith always is second. Hope is always first. And it takes both hope and faith working together to get God's blessing in your life. Amen? Let's, let's look at hope just for a moment here before we go into it because we've got to build hope and, and define hope. Hope, again, is that joyful, confident expectation that God will do for us what he says. Amen? Now, notice Hebrews 11, 1 again. He says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. Things hoped for. Hope is a thing. Did you hear me? Faith gives substance to things hoped for. Hope is a thing that you are expecting God to do for you. Yeah. Well, I'm believing God. What are you believing God for? Well, whatever. No, you, aren't, it, you, you can't get into faith because you don't have any hope yet. Because faith gives substance to the things hoped for. So hope is a thing. Amen? Hope is an expectation of God doing something for you. Amen? So you got to get a hold of this. Look, at, you just hold your place right there. In Romans chapter 15, I could quote it, but let's, let's, let's read it. They can put it up on the, on the thing there for you. It, what is hope built on? How do I build my hope? How do I get hope like this that, that was, is going to help me to get through these things? In, in Romans chapter 15 and, and verse 4, listen to what the Apostle Paul says over here. For whatever things were written before were written for our learning. You know what he's saying here? He's saying everything that's been written down was written so you could learn how to trust God. It was written for you and me. Amen? It was written for our learning. It's written for us to learn how to live the kingdom life. Are you hearing me? It's written so I can learn how to have hope in God. It's written so I can learn how to use my faith. Let's go ahead and see what he says. For whatever things were written before were written for our learning that we through the patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. So hope isn't built on a whim. Hope isn't built on an emotion. Hope isn't built on a need. Hope is built on the word of God. The Word of God paints a picture in my heart as to what God will do for me, and I begin to expect God to do that in my life, and that becomes so real that I get joyful about thinking about what God said He would do for me that I start getting all excited about it even before I can even see it. Hallelujah. Psalm 119.81, he says this. He says, he, he, well, let's just go over and look at it. Praise God. Amen. It's good to turn to it, even if you got to, how are you going to do it? Amen. It's good to see it in your Bible or on your instrument of Scripture. Hallelujah. Amen. 
Psalm 119, verse 81 says, my soul faints for your salvation. You know what he's saying? He's saying, my soul is getting to the place where I just don't know how I'm going to get through this. I, just, I mean, has anybody ever been there where you, it's just been so hard and it's pressing in that you, you just, you, your soul, your mind, your thoughts, your, your emotions are just almost frazzled? How am I going to get through this? Listen to what the next part is. But I hope in your word. When everybody says it's not working, I hope in your word. When everything around me looks like it's going wrong way, I hope in your word. When every thought that's hitting my mind says I'm not going to make it, I hope in your word. Hallelujah. I have joyful confidence in your word. Now, why is it that I have such hope in God's word? Look in verse 80, uh, 89. Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. Hallelujah. Woo, glory to God. Why did David say, no matter what's going on emotionally or naturally or whatever in my life, my hope is in God's word because God's word is forever established in heaven. Now, let me tell you something, folks. The word of God is settled in heaven, but you've got to settle it in your life. And you will not have hope until you have settled it in your heart that God is who he says he is and God will do what he said he would do. Amen? Because, see, see, hope is out here in the future. Hope is that thing that you don't have. But God said you can. I tell you, I got so thrilled whenever I read and I, and I had some people begin to share some things with me that, that Jesus was my healer. And I got into the word of God. And I tell you what, I got so excited about God healing me and taking care of me that I, I just got thrilled with it. Praise God. Didn't know how to get it, but I, I accepted it right away. Glory to God. Later on, I got into the Word and figured out how to make it work, praise God. But you see, you will never have faith for something that you don't have hope in. And you will never have hope in anything that you don't have the Word for. And your hope isn't really hope until you can have joy right in the midst of all the struggle and you can operate out of your expectation of God, and you refuse to let anybody talk you out of it. Amen? Amen. Come on, I'm building something here. I want you to stay with me because we're going to show you how this thing works. Now, notice that he said over here in Hebrews 11:1, now faith is the trust, conviction, assurance, and persuasion of what you're hoping for. Isn't it amazing? Now, now, hope is future tense. Hope is looking forward to that thing that God said he would do for you. And hope is built upon God's word. That's why I hope for it, because God's word says it. And everything that was written was so I could learn how to hope in God. Amen? So I'm building my hope on the word, not on emotions, not on feelings, not on whether somebody else got it or they didn't get it. My hope is built upon the word of God and what God said he would do for me. Amen? But now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. You ever notice when you take the first three words of Hebrews 11:1? 1, now faith is, any way you say it, it's always present tense. Now faith is, faith is now, now is faith. You can ask a question, is faith now? Yes, now is faith. Hallelujah. <laughs> Notice he, he's trying to get a point across here. He says, hope is this thing out here in the future, and it's to set your goal. Hope is to set the course. Hope is to set your expectations. Hope is to set your desire. Hope is to set you in a place where you say, I am not going to stay where I'm at because God says I can have better. God says I can do better. God says he will get me through this. God will bring me out of this. And so hope begins to set a, an entire image, an entire different look in my life. Amen. I'm sitting at Rama, and Bonnie and I, we'd gotten hold of healing. We'd gotten filled with the Holy Spirit, praise God. And we were talking in tongues and worshiping God, and we didn't have enough money to pay attention with. <laughs> and we were living, you know, hand to mouth, believing God, hallelujah, taking little odd jobs here and there, doing what we could to just survive. I still have to pray through about your pastor having his year paid for. But anyway, praise God. <laughs> Now I'm happy for him. 
Amen. But, you know, we, 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 we just, and, and, and we just, you know, we were just doing, I mean, we'd been raised poor, you know. And we didn't see any different, you know, and, and we just, we were learning. And I remember sitting in a class, and, and uh, the teacher, actually his name was Bob Yannon, he was our teacher there, and, and he was teaching. And, and he said, the Lord spoke to me this morning to tell the class that Isaiah says in chapter 1, verse 19, if you be willing and obedient, you eat the good of the land. Now, that doesn't mean you have to graduate and go from Ramah to get involved in that. If you're willingly here at God's will and you're obedient to be here in God's will, then you're in God's perfect will. And that means you can eat the good of the land even while you're a student. And I'll tell you what, lights went on, glory to God, the house lit up. And hope sprung into my heart because of what I had just heard because it was written in the Word. And it was written so I could learn how to hope, praise God. I kicked the desk in front of me. Hallelujah, the chair. They turned around and looked at me. I said, whoa, glory to God. I don't know how I'm going to get there, but I am not being poor no more. Hallelujah. And we started getting in the Word and changing how we saw ourselves. Because hope is me changing the way I see myself and my situation to line up with what God says about me and my situation. And hope becomes that vision, that thing that I believe in God to do in my life. Amen? And so we begin to learn and grow and get a hold of these things. But then once you get into hope, now you've got to have faith because hope will never produce anything for you if you don't attach faith to it. Are you hearing me? See, hope is this thing that God said you can have, but faith is the route that you had to take to get it. And when we operate in the kingdom of God, we get a revelation of what the kingdom of God has for us and what God will do for us and what he says about us. But then we have to learn how to use our faith to bring that from his realm into our realm. Amen? I got to get it from the spirit realm to the natural realm. I got to get healing from God into my body. I got to get finances from God's hands into my hands. I've got to get my family delivered from all the junk that God says he'll deliver from, from the spirit into the natural and see God lining things up. Amen. How do I do it? Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I got to get over in faith to make these things come to pass. Amen. Now look in Romans, the fourth chapter. Romans chapter 4, let's, let's, let me show you uh, the Abraham kind of faith that you and I can operate in because Romans 12, 3 says God has dealt each and every one of us the same measure of faith, amen? So we, we are faith people of a faith God, hallelujah, and we live in a kingdom that's operated through faith, in fact, Hebrews 11, if you read down a couple more verses, he said, we understand that God, through faith, framed the worlds. Amen? God used his faith to make everything. Isn't it amazing? The Spirit of God was hovering over the, over the face of the earth, and, and it was just void, and nothing was going on, and it, nothing happened until God said... And God formed everything after the counsel of his own will. That means God had a hope. God had a vision. God had a, had a plan for all of this to come together. But it was nothing happening. And the Spirit of God was ready to work. Everything was in, ready to go into motion. But it didn't happen until God released his faith. And when God released his faith and said, light be, blessed be, God light was. Amen. It, the Holy Spirit went right to work when faith was released. Woo, glory to God. Don't know if I'm helping you, but I'm preaching me happy. Hallelujah. <laughs> See, we got to learn how to get back into this, praise God. We got to learn how to make this thing work in our lives, glory to God. But now let's look here. Romans chapter 4, Abraham is the kind of faith that's pleasing to God, so I want to learn how he did it. Because if Abraham could use his faith to bring his hope into reality, I can use my faith to bring my hope into reality. Amen. So let's look at it. Romans 4, 17. Listen to what he says. As it is written, there we are again, going back to the written word. Notice that? You can count on the word. Hallelujah. If you don't know what to do, get in the word of God and find out what God has written down and said for you. Amen? 
Glory to God. As it is written. Notice it says as it is written. He didn't try to change how it was written. He didn't try to put his own interpretation upon it. Amen. No, he looked at it as it is written, just like God said it. And folks, you ain't going to have hope and you're not going to have faith if you don't receive it as it is written. Amen. Well, I do, we don't believe it that way in our church. Well, you're not in your church tonight, so you can believe it our way. Praise God. Just, just get delivered and set free. Amen. No, let's go back. Let's read it again. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him whom he believed, God, who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. Woo, Hallelujah. One translation brings it out and says, uh, as is written, I made you a father of many nations, even as, it, as I said. And, and it goes on, he says, as written, he says, and, and, and he goes and he says, and God who calls those things that he had already planned and laid out as though they are even before you can see them. Hallelujah. You know what God says? Before you're healed, he says, you're healed. Because see, God operates on what is written, not on what it looks like. Remember, faith and hope are both built on the Word of God. Amen? She said, how do you say that, Pastor? Well, yeah, we already showed you there in Romans 15 that hope is built on the written Word. And Romans 10, 17 says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word. So your faith and your hope is both built upon the Word of God. Amen? And God releases everything He does based on what the Word says and not what it looks like. Even the Lord Jesus showed us that same example whenever he was here. Remember in Matthew chapter 4, after, you know, he had fasted and prayed and ministered and, you know, in the wilderness there for 40 days, he was hungry. And, 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 and the devil comes up and says, well, you know, if you're the son of God. And they have a play on words there because the devil, actually, if you study out in the Greek, uh, a friend of mine who is a Greek scholar said, it says actually there, if you be the son of God, and you are. Because the devil knew he was the son of God. Demons knew who he was and, and, and started, remember, and he told him, shut up. But if you be the son of God, then command these stones to be made bread. And Jesus turned to him and did what? It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. What was he saying? Just like the, the bread or food is to your natural man, the word is to your spirit man. And if you want to live in the power of God, you've got to feed your, your spirit man the written word of God and get it in you. Because that's how you're going to build a hope and a dream and a vision and the thing that God wants in your life. But then you're going to get in faith. Amen. But let's, let's, look, at, let's look at hope first. He says that God calls those things but be not as though they were. Who contrary to hope, or one translation says, who against hope, in hope believed so that he would become the father of many nations according to what was spoken, so shall your descendants be. Notice this, that when Abraham had nothing to pin his hopes on in the natural, and when it didn't look like it was going to work at all, instead of allowing the natural to determine what his vision of his life and what God was going to do for him, he hoped in hope based upon what God had said. You know what he did? He went right back to the Word of God and said, no, this is what God said. I joyfully, confidently expect it to come to pass. Hallelujah. Are you hearing me? And folks, I want to tell you, there are going to be times when you're walking this thing out and trusting God that it's going to look like everything but what God said is going to happen in your life. You have people come against you. You'll have situations come against you. The devil will throw things at you, and it'll take. And, and you cannot be a, a creature of time, and you cannot be taken captive by time or doubts or fears or what other people say. You've got to remember, God spoke this to Abraham, and it was a long time before he saw that boy born. Amen? Amen? And all during that time, what did he do? He just continued to hope in God. He just stayed faithful to what God said would come to pass. Amen? He kept the vision of being a father of many nations in his heart. He refused to let it go. And listen to me. If you will refuse to let go of your hope, your faith will eventually reach out and get a hold of it. 
Amen? Amen? Because if God said it, it's His will for it to come to pass in your life. And remember this, if your faith isn't working, go back and check up on your hope. Because faith gives substance to the thing that you're hoping for. And if that thing isn't real in your heart and mind, then the enemy's stolen your hope. And if he's got your hope, your faith can't get anything done for you. Because faith gives substance or brings to reality the hope that you have in your heart. Amen. Amen. So if my faith is struggling, I'm going to go back and rebuild my hope. I'm going to go back and rebuild in me the thing that God said he would do for me. I'm going to go back and rebuild my vision. See me with it, praise God. If I'm fighting off sickness and I'm having a hard time with it, you know what I'm going to do? Instead of me just running around here just trying to speak my faith, speak my faith, speak my faith, I'm going to go back and reinforce my hope. And reinforce that thing that I'm believing God for in my heart till I see myself well. And then I got something that I can use my faith to get. Amen? So he against hope, believed in hope. He hoped according to the word of God. He said his hope was built upon that which was spoken, so shall your seed or your descendants be. So Abraham kept total hope in God. All during this time. And what did he keep his hope built on? The word of God. Amen? Now, let's read on. And being not weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about 100 years old, and the, nor the deadness of Sarah's womb. That word consider there in the Greek means to observe fully. Now, here's where we get in trouble, and a lot of people fuss because some people get off in faith and they teach wrong, and, and, they, and, and, and they just say, well, you know, you faith people, y'all just deny everything. It's kind of like, you know, uh, mind over matter. You just don't act like it's, no, 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 no. Abraham didn't look at the situation and say, oh, no, she's not barren. Oh, no. He refused to be fully consumed with his situation. I don't deny sickness. I deny it's right to live in my body. Are you hearing me? I don't deny there's oppression, but I deny oppression's right to live in my mind. Come on, church. Abraham refused to let the circumstances determine his attitude, his actions, or what he believed. Amen. Listen, Jesus is still just as much the healer when you're sick as he is when you're well. Philippians 4.19 is just as real, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. When you're broke and can't pay, you don't have enough money to pay attention, let alone pay your bills. That doesn't change God's word. And it doesn't change God's will. And so if you're having a struggle in believing that, then what you've got to do is you've got to get back in and build that as a hope back in your heart until it becomes the thing that you believe God for. Because your faith gives substance to the things you're hoping for. And if it's not a thing in your life, you can't get it. Amen. And once again, how am I going to shore up my faith and reaffirm my faith? I'm going to shore up my hope and reaffirm my hope based on what God has spoken to me in his word. Amen? Well, I don't know if God spoke to me in his word. Then get in the word until he speaks to you. Quit running all over creation trying to get a word from somebody. Go get your Bible out, close the door, get in the presence of God and get a word from heaven. Hallelujah. And when God speaks a word in your heart, I'll tell you what's so funny. I, I just give you some, I, I've been in this 46 years. It's been a few years I've been doing this now. And over the years, I've seen people come to me and I've learned never to discourage their faith. But I've had people come to me and, and, and say, God gave me this. I prayed, spent time with God. I was in my, in my bedroom for six hours, and God spoke this word to me, and I'm going to stand on this to get my need met. And I said, okay, great. And they said, let me, give you, let me tell you what the word is. And they would read me a scripture out of the Bible that had nothing to do with what they're believing God for. 
One time I started to go, but that, and God said, shut up. <laughs> he said, it may not be a word to you, but they're using that word to believe me, and I can work around that word to get to them because it's got them over in faith. Yeah. Amen? Come on. They weren't believing something crazy. They just got a word that I thought, I'd have probably not chose that word if it had been me. But it's all right. Praise God to give God. God work through that. Hallelujah. Amen. And I've watched them get their, get their need met. And then after they got their need met, I said, now, the next time you get to praying about something, let me give you a few scriptures to go along with that. Hallelujah. Amen. And I'd help them out a little bit more. But you know what God did in their initial steps of faith? Because these are usually baby Christians. They had found a word that really spoke to their heart and painted a vision on the inside of them that they could get it. And it sprung up into hope. And then they heard me teaching on how to turn hope into faith, and they used their faith, and they got it. Hallelujah. Now, as we grow, God will expect us to get a little bit more to the point. Hallelujah. Amen. Specific. But get in the word. Find out what the word is. So Abraham built his hope on, on the word of God. And then it says this, and not being weak in faith, he did not consider or be consumed with or have his whole attention on his body, already dead, since he was about 100 years old, and the deadness of Sarah's womb. In other words, he didn't walk around looking at how hard it was going to be to make it happen. I've been around people, and they're believing God for healing, and all they want to do is tell me about their sickness. The thing that's got the biggest part of their life is the problem. But now faith is not the substance of problems. It's the substance of things hoped for. Amen? And you've got to take your attention off of the need and get your attention over on the supply of God. Hallelujah. And what God says about that situation. And get your faith working. So he, was, he, he refused to let his situation determine his attitude, his confession, or his actions. Amen. Somebody came to me one time and said, but uh, Brother Huffman, what if, uh, you know, you, you're speaking your faith and you die? I said, glory to God, you get to be with Jesus. I mean, how great is that? Your faith just, hallelujah. And I said, besides that, if I die, I want to go out in faith. Amen. I want to make sure I'm going in the right direction. Hallelujah. But then I turned to him and I said, what if you're using your faith laying there on that deathbed and you get a vision of you being healed and your faith is working and God touches you right there where you're at and you're raised up from that deathbed and you walk in victory. Hallelujah. I said, you see, you're looking at what if it don't work and I always look at what if it does. Amen. And you're sitting there fretting, hoping that you have hope. And I'm sitting there rejoicing because the Word says I can have this, and I'm praising God because of the Word. I still feel bad. I don't look very good, and things around me are not really, really great at the moment. But my faith and hope is not built upon what I'm seeing or feeling. My faith and hope is built upon what the Word says. And against all things that's going against me, I refuse to be consumed with it. I refuse to be beat down with it. I refuse to have a bad attitude with it. My hope, my joyful, confident expectation is still in God. And I'm going to act like God's going to come through for me. Amen? See, now I'm operating as a citizen in the kingdom of God, and I'm operating in the way he wants me to operate. Amen? Now let's continue. Let's read on. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief. See, you've got to fight unbelief. Unbelief is the opposite of belief. And God says here through the, through the word, he says that Abraham refused to waver at the promise of God. See, you get to the place where sometimes, you know, the enemy will just, just, just fight you and fight you and fight you. And what he's doing is this. Remember Mark chapter 4 when Jesus taught the parable of the sower? And he said, the sower sows the word. And these are they that hear the word. And it goes down in the heart and Satan comes immediately to steal the word out of the heart. You know, the devil will try to come and steal the word out of your heart. Anybody had the enemy try to get the word away from you? Why? Because he knows if he can get the word out of your heart, he can stop your hope. And if he can stop your hope, he can kill your faith. Amen. So be wise. Hallelujah. Now let's read on. He goes on. He says this. And being fully convinced or fully persuaded that what God had promised, 
he was able also to perform, and therefore it was accounted to him for righteousness. But let's, let's, let's go back up here. Uh, verse 20 again. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. He was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. You know what sometimes you need to do? Sometimes when you're in a faith fight, and Paul said in 1 Timothy 6, fight the good fight of faith, didn't he? Amen? He also said, hold fast to your confession. You know, there's sometimes in a faith fight that you've just got to go ahead and start praising God by faith. Amen. Notice he said, and not being in weak in faith, he grew strong in faith, giving glory to God. You know, sometimes you just need to lay your Bible down. You need to quit praying for God to do it. And you just need to lift up your hands and say, Lord, I'm going to live by faith. I'm going to walk by faith and not by sight. And my hope is built upon the Word of God, and the Word is forever established in heaven. And I'm going to establish it right now in my heart, and I'm just going to praise you. I'm going to give you glory. I'm going to worship you and thank you. Hallelujah. Amen. There have been times, I want to be honest with you, folks. There have been times that God spoke to me, and, and, and you know, I... I I, I have to grow just like you. I remember one time I was praying for this situation, and about the fifth day in the prayer, God spoke to me and he said, what are you doing? Now, I'd been praying for about 45 minutes. I said, Lord, I'm praying. He said, really? I knew I was in trouble right that, at that moment. <laughs> he said, what are you praying about? I said, well, you know, I've been telling you about this situation. I've been praying and believing you. He says, uh, you've been telling me about it, but I haven't seen a whole lot of believing. He said, when are you going to receive it? I said, what? He said, now, you've been telling me about this problem for the last five days and asked me to take care of it and praying the same prayer. When are you going to believe you receive he said, didn't I say in Mark eleven twenty four 24 that whatever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them? He said, until you get out of the asking stage and get over into the receiving stage, I can't do much for you. And he said, actually, you've been wasting my time and yours for the last four days. The first day was okay, but the last four has been pretty bad. He said, so why don't you do this? Instead of asking me again... Why don't you just go ahead and say, Father, I believe I received that done now in Jesus' name, and then just begin to thank me and give me praise and glory for it. Hallelujah. You know what I did? I quit praying. I asked God to forgive me for doubting him and getting caught up into religious praying instead of Bible praying. And I just started giving him glory. You know, I praised God for about an hour, and just all of a sudden, the anointing of God fell in that room. Hallelujah. I was praising God. And, and, and then, you know, that next day, I got a call on the very thing that I've been believing God for. Somebody called me and said it was all taken care of. Hallelujah. Amen. Because, you see, I stepped away from praying and asking to believing and receiving. And faith gives substance to things hope for. It gives substance to it. In other words, faith takes it from hope to reality. So that means what do I have to do? I have to start praising God for it. Before I see any difference, before it looks any different, I've got to start praising God for it. Amen? And look what it says. Let's read on and finish this up. He says this, and being fully convinced that he, what he had promised, he was able also to perform. And therefore, it was accounted to him for righteousness. Verse 20, let's read on. It says, now it was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him, but also for us. You know what he's saying here? He's saying this was written in the Bible so you and I could learn from Abraham's trials and tests and struggles. And so we could learn the steps of going from hope to faith to victory. Amen. So what am I going to do? I'm going to realize that I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. I'm a citizen of the kingdom of God. I have been raised up and seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. God has already called me out of darkness and brought me into his arms and made me to be qualified to partake of the inheritance. And then God has given me the means of which I can take my inheritance and bring it into my life now. And that is I'm going to get into the word of God 
I'm going to let that word become a spoken word to me. God speaking to me the word right out of the written word. And I'm going to take it as a word from God. I'm going to let it paint a picture, a vision in my heart and mind of what I know that God wants to do for me. And then I'm going to take that and I'm going to build my faith into it. And I'm going to start believing God. I'm going to start praising God. I'm going to get my eyes off the problem. I'm going to walk around with joy. Amen. Amen. And if I catch myself walking around with a frown on my face, I'm going to say, no, no, no. You start smiling right now because the blessing's on its way. Hallelujah. I'm giving substance. I'm giving reality to the thing that I have been believing God for. Hallelujah. And if God said it, that settles it. I believe I receive it. Amen. Amen. And you see, folks, that is the fight of faith. That is putting hope and faith together so you can walk in the victory of God. Amen. Now, here's the thing. James 1 says you've got, to do, you've got to get absolute with this. Amen? He says, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all men liberally and upbraideth not. And, 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 and then look what he says. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavers is like wave of the ocean, tossed to and fro. And let not that double-minded person think that he'll receive anything from God. See, what Jesus is saying is this. Once you've made a commitment to do this, stay strict and stay consistent. Don't be joyful one day and praising God for the victory, and the next day backslid and we can't find you. Amen. And don't be saying the word one day and then somebody comes along and says something to you that discourages you. The next day you know you walk around pouting and, and, and gloomy and defeated because, because that's, not how, that's not how Abraham got the victory. When all hope was gone, he put his hope in the word. Why? Because God's word is forever established and settled in heaven. And God will always watch over his word to perform it. Amen? And he took hope off of a time clock. If, I, if it's God, I'll have it by Friday. <laughs> Listen, I work for people, they didn't even pay me every Friday. And you're putting God on a, on a time clock to, to, you know, I worked all this way. Now you're getting back under works instead of faith. See, my part is to hope then use my faith to turn that hope into reality. God's part is to do what he said he would do. Amen. Amen. And when I do my part, God will do his part. Amen. God taught me that one time early in my ministry. I'll be real honest with you. I'll tell you when it was. It was in February of 1979. That's a few years ago, isn't it? Praise God. But anyway, I, I, was, I was holding a, a healing service on a Saturday night. We'd started doing that in January, and we were building it up, praise God. And, and, and we, our crowds were getting a little better, a little better, a little better. And, and this Saturday night, you know, that day I just kind of had gotten busy, and things were legitimate busy, but I hadn't got to pray like I normally would have, and I didn't get in the Word as much as I would have and, and stuff. And so I went up there to the service that night, and in the church we had to have a little prayer room off to the side, off the platform, and... And I, you know, about uh, 10 minutes before the service, I thought, well, I'm going to peek out and see you all's here. So I picked out, man, we had the biggest crowd we've had in the last six weeks. So I closed the, the and I went back and I said, oh, God, I finally got a crowd and I'm not anointed. Oh, Jesus. Lord, I hadn't prayed a lot today. And Lord, I hadn't been in the Word today. Oh, God, what am I going to do? Oh, God, what? And, you know, oh, God, see, I went straight out of hope and faith right back into works and religion based on what I did or didn't do. So God speaks to him and he says, turn to Mark chapter 16, verses 15 through 20 and read it. I said, Lord, I don't need to turn over there. I can quote it to you. And Jesus said, go to all the world, preach the gospel. He said, no, I didn't say quote it. I said, read it. So I got my Bible and opened it up and read it. Went right down through it, got to verse 20. And the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. I went, that's it, that's it. I need some signs following or they won't come back next Saturday. Hallelujah. Help me, Jesus. He said, just read Mark 16, 15 through 20. I said, I just read it. He said, read it again. 
So I read it again, going all the world, preach the gospel, every creature, he that believes, baptized shall be saved, he that believes not shall be condemned, and these signs shall follow them that believe. I said, that's it, I need some signs. He goes, keep reading. So I kept reading, hallelujah. Got down then. I said, Lord, I need this. I need some anointing. I need the anointing. You got to help me. He says, read Mark 16, 15 through 20. Isn't it amazing until we listen to God, he'll keep saying the same thing. And I want to tell you something, folks. God has a whole lot more time that he can say the same thing than you do. So God said, read Mark. I said, Lord, I've read it twice, and apparently I'm missing something. I said, you know, I may not be the smartest person. I'm not dumb. I'm a little slow, maybe. What am I missing? You know, until you ask God, he won't tell you. See, a lot of us aren't getting answers to why it's not working because we haven't asked God why it's not working or what I need to fix this. I said, Lord, I'm missing it somewhere. What am I missing? He said, uh, read verse 15 there. Go in all the world and preach the gospel, every creature. He said, who's going to do the preaching tonight? I went, me. He said, that's right. You got that right. God complimented me. Hallelujah. <laughs> then he said, read on down here. He says, and, you know, and he says, and, 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 you know, and these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. They'll, you know, cast out devils, speak with tongues, take up serpents, they drink things. Verse 17, and they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. He said, who's going to lay hands on the sick tonight? I went, me. I'm going to lay my hands. He goes, right again. He said, now read verse 20. And the Lord working with them and confirming the word through signs following. He said, who's going to confirm the word and do the healings tonight? I went, you? He goes, that's right again. He said, now then, do you believe I can do my part? I said, yes, sir. He said, if you'll do your part, I'll do my part, and we'll partner in this thing and do it together, and we'll get some people healed tonight. Amen? And you know, I learned something from that time on, that if I'll do my part... I can always count on God doing his part. And what I got to quit doing is trying to get God to quit, quit trying to do God's part myself. Amen. I just have to follow him. See, Abraham never initiated any of this. You go back to Genesis 12 and the Bible says that God spoke to Abraham and called him out and told him to go to a certain place. And the Bible says Abraham obeyed and did what God asked him to do. And then as Abraham was following God, and another, you know, you're going a little bit farther past that, and God speaks to him and says, I'm El Shaddai, I'm the God that's more than enough, walk before me and be holy, and I'm going to create a covenant, and I'm going to give you a seed, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do that. And once again, Abraham's just following God, and Abraham looks up to it, praise God, and he begins to walk and go where God's telling him, and Abraham is not perfect, he makes some mistakes, and he goes along and everything, but all during this time of, t of following God, he just kept trusting God, and then he got to the place where he just praise God and he looked at his wife and he goes ain't no way and he looked at himself and he went ain't no way gotta be God hallelujah gotta be God so God I'm gonna tell you what I've learned right now just by looking at my wife and looking at me at my age and her age it's not gonna get done by works it's gonna get done by trusting you to do what you said you would do and the Lord showed up when Abraham got to that point and said, this time next year, she'll have your son. And it happened. Folks, what God is wanting each one of us to do right now is to come to that place where we look at ourselves, look at our situation and say, I can't make it change, but I can trust God too. So Lord, I'm putting it in your hands. I'm going to just praise you, hope in you. And I'm going to keep my faith in you. I'm going to trust you. And you're going to do this for me. Because, Lord, you always work with your word. And you always confirm it with the signs and the miracles that walk with it. Amen? Amen. My part's just to believe. God's part is to bring it to pass. What's your hope tonight? What are you hoping God for? What is that thing that God is speaking into your heart? What hope do you have in your heart tonight? Because, you see, if you don't have a hope... You don't have anything for your faith to work on. You can't skip 
hope. It starts with hope. And hope is built upon what God says. Everything that you're ever going to get from God is going to start with hope. A joyful, confident revelation and expectation that what God said He will do for you. When Bonnie and I started, we had nothing. We had nothing. I mean, literally nothing. But we had a faith and a trust in God, and God has spoke to our hearts that we were going to do certain things. And when we started off, it was a walk of faith. And I had to feed my hope all the time because discouragement was around the corner of every step that we took. But you know what I've seen God do? I've seen Him be faithful and true to His promises for a long time now. I've watched God heal me. I, I got the revelation that Jesus is my healer. And I've had to fight off sickness. I was at a winter seminar and got attacked and ended up in the hospital for a night. And, and, and they told me that it would affect me the rest of my life. And two weeks later, I had a total healing and did a healing service in the church. And they couldn't find a symptom. Let me say, I wish I had faith like that. Don't come by wishing. It comes by having a full vision that Jesus is your healer and your hope is in him. And then whenever the enemy comes, you use your faith to bring into reality in your life what God says is yours. Amen? Let's stand. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Once again, I want you to look in your heart. I want you to answer this question. What are you hoping for? What are you hoping for? Because it takes hope and faith to get you to where you want to be. Amen? What are you hoping for? And your hope is built upon the Word of God. I hope when it doesn't look like it. I hope because the Word says so. I expect it because God said so. And God cannot lie. God is faithful to His promises. And what God did for one, He'll do for another because He's no respecter of persons. Amen? And it's not by my might, it's not by my power, but it's by His Spirit and His anointing, His Word operating in my life. Amen? And you say, Pastor Tubman, why did you come here on this Wednesday night to teach us this? Because we're heading into December and into a new year, and things around us are crazy, and we need to be people of hope and faith. Amen? We need to have a vision of what God can do for us and not be moved by what's going on around us and not by what the world is saying about us or anything else. And then we need to learn how to use our faith to bring what God says into the reality of our life. Amen? Because I choose to let God create my reality, not the world. Amen. So once again, bow your heads, close your eyes, look in your heart. Because that's where hope and faith operate. They don't operate in your flesh. They don't operate in your mind. They operate in your heart. What's your hope? Because if you've got hope, you've got something for your faith to bring to pass. What are you hoping for right now? What are you hoping for? What's your scripture you're standing on? What, what, what word has God spoken to you out of this written word? that you will stand and say, God, my hope is built upon the Word. My expectations are built upon the Word. And I use my faith to believe I receive what you have promised me. Because you're God. You're God. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you right now for the Word of God. Lord, we just thank you for the anointing. We thank you right now, Holy Spirit, for just speaking to each and every one of us, Lord. We thank you right now. We choose to be men and women of hope. Lord, we choose to be people of faith that brings those things which you say into reality in our lives. And we refuse to allow the enemy to determine who we are, what we have, and what we do. We are citizens of the kingdom of God, and we operate in the currency of the kingdom, which is faith and hope. 
Thank you so much for listening to this message. If you want more, subscribe to our message podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Rating and leaving a comment will go a long way with helping our messages get better circulation. If you'd enjoy watching our weekend messages, visit youtube.com forward slash anchor faith. We'd love it if you'd subscribe, leave a comment or a like on the messages. If you'd like to find out more information about us and how we're influencing the world and help support the work we're doing by giving, just visit anchorfaith.com. Thank you.